Communications disruption can mean only one thing. Invasion. For the Republic! Frequency 1138 is all clear and clanker free. This is Clone Army Radio. Execute Order 66. Good soldiers follow orders. Good soldiers follow orders. Begun. The Clone War has. I found them. Repeat, I found them. What is up, Clone Army? Welcome back to the best accidental Star Wars podcast this side of the galaxy. We're just simple clones making our way, like a father before us. That was really weak of me. I was I was too busy anticipating <sighs> and not, not in it enough. I know. It's okay. Nobody sees I'm, it. I'm going to go to some clone reconditioning. I'll be back soon. <laughs> you got to go catch up with Nalise. Mm-hmm. Um, Power of me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... Welcome, everybody, to episode 103. Ooh. And it is January 20th, 2023. No, it isn't. Yeah. I refuse. You refuse because you're thinking it's going too fast? Yep, far too mm. quickly. You know, <laughs> I feel like if January and February can go really fast and then it can slow down after that, I'm good. Okay. Actually, yeah, yeah that's fair. Speed through the cold weather. Right. Screw the cold weather. I agree. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to get into it really quick here. We have The Bad Batch, The Mandalorian Season 3 trailer. <laughs> we have a couple of responses to last week's episode of what movie or TV show would you change to Star Wars? <laughs> so we'll get through those pretty quick. And then we had an email from our good old buddy Jabba the Butt. Jabba the Butt. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I meant to ask Lito too, and I forgot. I can't remember the last time we heard from Jabba the Butt. It's been I don't even know months. I think God, maybe even a year. Like we were just talking, it's been almost a year since you've been on the show, Charlie. And uh, oh my goodness, yeah, I don't know if we've heard from Jabba. So it was a good question, and Is we're gonna. <laughs> no, I, I think in one of Jabba the Butt's emails he had mentioned that he started listening to a different star wars podcast so yeah but here he is checking in so traitor traitor <laughs> <laughs> but uh but a good question from jabba the butt so we i've kind of just you know ran it over with charlie and we were mm -hmm. going to make it kind of a topic of the episode so mm -hmm. charlie before we started you said that you wanted to warn everybody something <laughs> I just I just want to warn our listeners that it it <laughs> we'll get to it because it happens quite early on in the Bad Batch episode but there's a reference and if any of you are into old and obscure like Star Wars trivia then you may be quite excited because I think it was really really sneaky whoever snuck this reference in here oh, oh. well I can't wait because I don't know what it is I was thinking maybe we will we'll get into that in a second, but mm -hmm. get through last week's responses really quick. They're only yeah, a couple. Yeah, go ahead. So. Who have we heard from, if people are comfortable being identified? Um, they did not say, but oh. but I assume, well, I assume the first one, um, we've shouted him out a couple of times on here. Uh, Beardy McBeardyson 
mm-hmm. mentioned uh, Firefly, the TV show. Oh, yes. Firefly would be perfect. Right. I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of already there. Yeah, he ways. is. He is sort of Han Solo. It's very much that energy with the character and... Yeah, and and um, I don't have the the message open right now, but I remember him saying something about it would be great to see Nathan Fillion in Star Wars, and I totally oh, agree. I'm surprised yes. it hasn't happened yet. He'd <laughs> um, make a fantastic like Jedi or like a nobleman or somebody like really, yeah. Yeah. So then we had Halo, uh, the TV series. Have you watched that, Charlie? I haven't watched the TV series, but I have played the games. Right. Same here. That was from Melinda. So, yeah, I mean, I could see that. Halo's also, you know, very Star Wars-ish. It fits that kind of military style that goes like sort of like hand-in-hand with Star Wars products. So, yeah, I could absolutely see that fitting. Right. And then, Also, Star Wars loves like a Lone Ranger story, man out on his own. Oh, yeah. I mean, kind of, uh, kind of the Mando a little yes. bit. That's yeah. actually what popped into my head, yeah. This next person's name is just pure freaking gold so i have to read this one. <laughs> <laughs> from yellow snow is good <laughs> if my father taught me one lesson in life it's you don't eat the yellow snow <laughs> <laughs> apparently somebody didn't teach this person that <laughs> oh, i love the name hilarious uh <laughs> they said the boys you know what some actual clever like star wars satire that no disrespect to space balls and the legacy that it represents incredible piece of cinema 10 out <laughs> oscar worthy <laughs> um i think some real kind of clever poignant satire about like probably by off the back of star wars existing in the first place why it existed why george wrote it what it was inspired by because like the boys is a satire of dc and marvel and right so, yeah I think some some clever satirical comedy would work really well with Star Wars. George would hate it. Of course. <laughs> George would despise it with every fibre of his being. But I think it would be really funny. As somebody who's can be very cynical about their Star Wars, that would be <laughs> perfection. Yeah. I've only watched the first season of The Boys, but... You are missing out. Watch but the rest of it. I will eventually. There's just always so many other things to watch. You know, Star Wars. Oh, the- yeah, I guess. You know, Star Wars gets in the way, so. Um, that was all the ones we got, I think. Now that I'm thinking, I think somebody I know, like, personally, had mentioned Die Hard being one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like somebody had mentioned that. So, shout out to that person, whoever they were. But since Die Hard is a Christmas film, surely it would be appropriate to turn the holiday special into Die Hard. That would, mm-hmm. that, that would be the way to go, I feel. Yeah. I could see that. Chewie's adventure trying to get home for life day, but, you know. <laughs> uh, okay. That's horrible. On the holiday special really quick, was that actually Carrie Fisher singing in that? Yes. I haven't watched I haven't watched it yet. Yes. I still have never seen it, but I saw a clip right. of her singing. Okay. She basically dim right, I will preface this by saying Carrie Fisher, may the force be with you, absolutely rest in peace, you incredible legend was not very well at that period of her life and was on quite a lot of medication Mm. for her bipolar. And uh, apparently she demanded that she have a song. There wasn't a song written for her or pre-prepared for her. Oh, really? Um, 
So they rushed one together and she just sort of didn't really tell anybody else that she was doing it. And that includes Harrison Ford, which is why he looks like he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> that is 100% her singing. Um, uh, it, it, it was just weird. Like, I just I don't even know where I just caught that. It was on something <laughs> I just saw today. And uh, I'm like, OK, celebrate. <laughs> and my, I can't. <laughs> my my first thought was, oh, poor Carrie got forced into doing that by George or something. But well, George wasn't even a part of the holiday special, was he? That's no. right. He hated it. He hates it. He said yeah. he'd destroy every copy with a hammer. He would. Yes, I do remember hearing that. <sighs> but yeah, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, that is in fact Carrie Fisher singing. And she wanted to do it. Okay. Yeah. And Harrison Ford wants the ground to swallow him up. <laughs> Pretty sure he's always felt that way about anything Star Wars, but. Yeah. That's unfortunate because, you know. We love him. He doesn't love us very much, and that's okay. I accept right. it. All right. So, Bad Batch? Yeah. Go on then. So, this episode was called Faster, Faster, More Intense. Nod to George, I'm hoping. Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to initial thought it. Mm. I really liked this episode. It was very Did like <laughs> like uh, prequel style. I mean, obviously pod racing, riot racing, all that. But like I saw, you know, the name of the episode. I read the write up and I'm like, OK, you know, I was a little iffy. And then it starts playing and I'm like. This is awesome. I was trying to get stuff done down here while I was I had it playing, and I actually just sat down and watched the whole episode. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Did you have fun with it, or? I had so much fun. My favorite, I think, my favorite episode of the Bad Batch ever. Nice. And not that I didn't enjoy season one, but this episode had me like on the edge of my seat, like excited, going. Mm -hmm. was... Just yeah. <laughs> It was fun. Like it was just a lot of fun. I was surprised that I enjoyed it so much and had so much fun. It was it was just a little episode one love letter. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. And I that makes my heart happy because it's it's my favorite. Yes. Jar Jar with his teeth. Does he actually have teeth? Um, he does have teeth, but usually they're on the inside of his mouth. Just not, not stitched, stitched on the outside. <laughs> I think I like it better stitched on the For outside. listeners who will never see this, I decided I was on eBay looking at old 2000s Jar Jar Binks merch and I found a poseable plush doll of Jar Jar and it was incredibly cheap. So I bought it and now I have it. And it's the most ugly thing I've ever seen in my life. And I love it. Don't speak to me or my son ever again. <laughs> He's kind of hideous, but in, but in an yeah. adorable kind of way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's the charm. <laughs> it's definitely the charm. So I guess I could see this episode being like, I guess people could look at it as like a filler because it didn't really, The only, I mean, the only negative mark I could say would be that it didn't really push the big story forward other than the the big guy from, I thought it was the guy from The Force Awakens, but it's not, told them to not trust Sid. What was his name again? Malegi? Malegi. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you know who voiced him? No. Ernie Hudson. No way. Yeah. I was like, who is this guy? Like, his voice was so familiar to me. So, of course, I jumped. I Googled it at first and got nowhere. And so somehow I found myself onto Wikipedia and it said Ernie Hudson. And I'm like, no freaking way. It sounds just like him. So we have a Ghostbuster in Star Wars now. Oh, my goodness. 
right? <laughs> That's actually so cool. Yeah, um, he's a male version of the ninth sister species, which is a doatin. Oh, okay. Malegi. All I can think about is like my leg. my leggy leggy hurts (laughs) (laughs) no i think the i think the distrust uh the kind of rippling of the the waters with sid is important because she's been such a trusted ally of the bad batch for so long i think because they've built especially like the trust of a child Mm -hmm. the trust of a child is a pure beautiful wonderful thing (laughs) that i can imagine they will rip away from her because character development Life lessons, yeah. <laughs> Life yeah. lessons. This is how you learn that you don't trust, un- like unwillingly, like blindly. You don't trust blindly. Yeah, also, I feel like Omega she'll... continues to be desperate for family figures, and Sid is like a mum. So, <laughs> oh yeah, and Disney doesn't like that stuff. So yank that one away. But no yeah, family, no love. <laughs> right. It's it's God. You see it in all of Disney stuff. Someone was hurt when they were younger, or something. Oh yeah. Help <laughs> <laughs> about it. But yeah, I, th- I think that that was like really the only thing was you know, yeah. driving that part, which is fine. I I sometimes say things are filler that, that doesn't to me mean negative usually. No, um, I don't see it necessarily as a negative thing. If anything, I'm really enjoying this, excuse me, quote unquote downtime with Tech and Wrecker and Omega and getting to know them as individuals because they're clones. They don't have individuality. They had that stripped because of the Empire. Like it give me the actual kind of dynamics between them as individual characters. And that way I find it much easier to attach. Like my love for tech has doubled, Nate triples. Mm. Absolutely my favorite out of the whole lot. He is so dry and logical. (laughs) He's awesome. And just the fact that he has been stony faced this entire time. And when he turns around and the crowd is chanting tech, 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 (laughs) he smiles. And it is the smallest (laughs) micro expression. And it, (laughs) It warmed my cold little heart. He's just kind of like, yeah, a little bit of a smile and a little bit of a salute. And it's like so awkward for him. But but at the same time, I think he liked it. It it almost came off like he. Well, yeah, definitely. Everything they've done to like save the Jedi, save the galaxy, save the Republic. He deserves some praise and some adoration in a form that isn't going to get them in trouble or killed or discovered. But uh, but yeah, this was definitely like text episode and something I really appreciated. Mm. A typical storytelling in Star Wars had me believing when. Uh, oh, side note: I found a droid I don't like in Star Wars. Teo. <gasps> uh, his humor you was just don't so. Like him? Flat. I I love him. He's so funny. Really? Oh, I, I couldn't quite, stand I think him. It's quite English humor. Is it? It really tickled me. Also, like Bender. If you're into Futurama, he was basically the Star Wars equivalent of Bender. Oh, I could see that. I, I haven't seen a ton of Futurama, but yeah, I, yeah, I could see that. that but... I just, I don't know. When he got hit the second time, I was like, yeah. Yeah, take him out. <laughs> Offense is the best deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, I would also yeah. like to point out the I regret nothing is a Simpsons gag. It did sound very familiar. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Okay. But but typical Star Wars storytelling at that point had me thinking, oh, okay, Omega's going to step up and be the, the yeah. racer. And when Tech said he was going to do it, I'm like, huh. I was like, that totally got me. I, I was impressed that, that it went that way. And it worked out really well. He was awesome. I, uh, 
I rewatched the episode, like bits of it, and you can see Tech in the background once he realizes that, oh, the race course is difficult. He's on his little computer yeah. in the background, just pacing around, just doing completely silent, doing it's all of his calculations. Solver. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what he does. And then the droid uh, Teo kept telling him, oh, no, you know, you can't do this. You're human. And and yeah, um, also tech not taking offense to that or rising to that, like the way Wrecker would like Wrecker's been insulted and his immediate oh, right. response is guns and fists. Yep. <laughs> tech water off a duck's back because he's focused. He's got something to do. He's got a point to prove. I was going to say he's kind of like me, like we were talking about before we recorded. He wasn't even listening. <laughs> no, he was. He was, he was just... smiling and nodding and not listening. Right. <laughs> But yeah, it worked out really well. And he, like you said, he figured it out. He he knew how to to get the uh, the racer. I don't even know what you would call the thing. Uh, just it's not a pod racer. No. Uh, but he figured out how to make it go faster and. Wrecker over the radio. Why have you let the guns go? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and text there like makes it lighter. I can go faster. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Tech said, "Work smarter, not harder." Yes. And then uh, when oh, when they're in the race, and Wrecker says something about him being in last place, he's like, "What I'm doing is called strategy." And Wrecker goes, "No, it's called losing." <laughs> it's the Mario Kart strategy: stay in last the entire time so you don't get blue shelled, and then right at the last minute, save up everything, zip to the front. Done. Yep. It was totally Mario Kart too, wasn't it? Yes, it was very Mario Kart. <laughs> Did you clock the adverts inside the racing tunnels? All I could think of with those was, oh, it was probably Mario Kartish, but I was thinking Coruscant, Attack of the Clones, yes. like the uh, it's, Coruscant it's, chase. It's interesting to see like capitalism, like advertising in Star Wars, the fact that so many people go and watch these races, so there's no point advertising in the stadiums, advertising the tunnels, because that's what people were watching the screens to see. The races uh, go through the tunnels. Like, that's a tactic we use in the real world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I didn't even pick up on that. I was just I was just noticing the visual of, like, oh, this is like the Coruscant chase, you know, when they're chasing Zam Wessel, or as Leto likes it to be called, Coruscant. Coruscant. <laughs> we had a discussion about that. You and I are going to come to blows one day. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling him about, I tried to listen to uh, the Jedi Academy books. They're, like, the old you know, EU stuff mm -hmm. and no offense to the narrator, but it just wasn't gripping for me. I read the book years ago, like actually on page and it was amazing. But this guy referred to Coruscant as Coruscant and Leto was immediately like, Oh, I love it being called, you know, Coruscant. <laughs> so, so we had a conversation about that. And then the guy called Palpatine Palpatine. And I'm like, I can't. That's criminal. Although, having said that, if you go back and watch the original trilogy, uh, Carrie Fisher cannot settle on a pronunciation for Han Solo. Yeah, you're right. She calls Han, him Han and Han. Back and forth throughout yeah. all three movies. And when George was asked directly about it, I'm pretty sure his response was, whatever. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. And, no, George, it does. <laughs> It really does, yeah, especially her referring to him as both names, or both versions. But yeah, so anyways, the race, the riot racing. So there's pod racing, there's riot racing. In some of the older Star Wars games, there was swoop racing. Ooh. 
Um, these are all George Lucas influences. George oh, Lucas, wow. something I actually just learned or maybe even relearned and forgot that I knew it. George Lucas wanted to be a race car driver when he was younger. Yes, he did. He, he loved cars and going incredibly quickly. And that's partly what inspired like American Graffiti, young, stupid city kids driving right. extremely fast in very shiny cars. <laughs> you know what I wanted to be when I was younger? What? A race car driver. You wanted to be a race car driver? I Aww. did. Yeah. I I was just kind of like, oh, wow. George Lucas and I have, you know, some things in common. <laughs> I wanted to be an Egyptologist. Really? I was big into ancient Egypt as a kid. Oh. I'm sure there will be lots of people listening who absolutely relate to that as a childhood interest. It was either you were, you were either an ancient Greek kid um, or ancient Egypt. <laughs> mm. Ancient Egypt is so... Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I would love to learn more about it. Stargate, uh, Stargate's all about ancient Egypt, isn't it? Partially? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, maybe that's where it came from. Oh, my granddad's, my grandparents introduced me to literally everything I love now as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> there were some crazy little Easter eggs in this episode. The camera pan across to the races in the riot race. Um, one of them was a battle droid head on a protocol droid body, which is an obvious callback to episode two. <laughs> and I've seen a few people speculate if it is actually the same droid, if he made it out of the Battle of Geonosis and is now oh, clanking yeah. around with a new paint job. I wonder. Something's wrong with my legs. I must I must need maintenance or something like that, yes. the droid says in a technical. I love that whole situation. It's brilliant. <laughs> Die, and Jedi then... dogs. What am I saying? <laughs> One of the, this is where it gets a bit silly. Um, one of the races is called Hyperrod, <laughs> which I believe is a very, very, very specific reference to this trading card. I have sent it to the Clone Army Radio <laughs> Instagram. Um, back in like the 1970s, a series of like top trumps were released for Star Wars, and one of them was C-3PO, and an unfortunate malfunction with his costume whilst the whilst the photo was being <laughs> taken. Left us with the iconic goldenrod image, and is one of like the oldest like Star Wars memes. <laughs> uh, so uh, wow. I would really like to think that uh, Hyperrod, the protocol droid painted bright green, was a reference to this specifically. <laughs> <laughs> that totally went way over my helmet because I'm thinking like Hyperrod, and I like the way that they announced all these racers i wrote all the racers names down because it was interesting to me oh um, damn because i want i had a little quiz question i was going to ask if you could name any of the racers oh well you can still ask me i won't look at my sheet of paper but i was thinking hyper rod rowdy roddy piper was where my head went that's also partly where my brain went it took me a second to pop onto uh, the inappropriate c3po <laughs> Trading card. The uh, very excited C-3PO. He's very excited. <laughs> but no, uh, Mark Hamill had a habit of people would, fans would send him these trading cards with Luke Skywalker on for him to sign. And he ended up doing so many of them that he just used to take his. So there's one of like one of the moisture converters in Tatooine and it's written on it. Uh, Bombs for sale, call Skywalker at this number. <sighs> And they just get more and more. <laughs> That's just amazing. Silly because he gets fed up of doing all of them. But yeah, <laughs> those were those were my spots for the episode. <laughs> That's great. Like I said, I had no idea. I forgot that that three PO thing even existed. <laughs> How can you forget? It's burned into my like retinas. Uh, I think it will be now. Now that I've seen it again. <laughs> That's um, message history forever. Now that is. That is very true. Uh, I guess. 
I already looked at my sheet of paper, so. That's fine. You can read them out. <laughs> All right. So Jet Venom. I'm like, that sounds amazing. Great Star nice. Wars name. Bosco the Mad Bomber Bick, or Bricks, not Bicks. That's interesting. Steel Claw Cane. Steel Claw Cane. Say that real fast. <laughs> Steel Claw Cane. Yeah. The next one gives me Sex Pistols vibes. Vicious Vid Centauri. Vicious Ooh. Vid, Sid Vicious, right? Oh, yeah. Sid Vicious, 100%. Yeah. Um, I thought that was an interesting touch. Hexon, the War Gnome Traginix. The War Gnome. <laughs> now, that sounds like a Tolkien character. Um... Right? He was actually, he was an assassin droid, that character. So, oh. yeah, like, because they show his little pod or whatever, and there's nobody there. And then all of a sudden, like, it rises up and it's like, a. I think it was red. The assassin oh, droids in the Clone Wars yes, were yes, bluish. Yes. And he had, like, has little red eyes. Yeah. Quick Draw Quasar. Ooh. Like, that's a cool name. But right? nice reference to the gunslinging spaghetti mm. western. Yeah, totally. The Trickster Flash Rector. If that isn't a Loki reference that somebody's dropped in there. Ooh, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, the Trickster. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Flash, Flash Gordon, George Ooh, Lucas. Ooh, actually, yeah, maybe. So it's, both it, of them. Yeah, maybe both. Yeah, that's awesome. We're both correct. <laughs> then there was Hyper Rod. Yeah. Oh, he also had a red arm. Did you catch that? I, I made he? a note of it. Yeah, I made a note to write that down. He had a red oh, arm. So. Maybe, maybe like C-3PO became famous amongst like protocol droids and maybe his singular red arm was like a fashion statement. Like all the protocol droids were rushing to get their arm changed to be <laughs> in style. That would be cute. That's a headcanon, keeping that one. I mean, hey, that's a lot better than, you know, his hyper rod being trendy. Well, your protocol droid now comes with extra attachments. (laughs) Alone in the palace at night while your husband's at Canto Bite, our new protocol droids have everything you could ever need. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) You just made the perfect advertisement for their next uh, streaming series. Nice. I watched it. And then we had tech. And I love the announcer's response. It's like, tech? We got anything out of this guy? Is this his name? (laughs) And then just silence from the crowd. That's right. Uh, Brilliant. I really really enjoyed their names, though, and the way they were announced. It just felt very, you know, old school wrestling to me. And uh, just reading through them now, I'm like, these are some really well thought out names, especially if, like, we were saying Trickster mm. and Flash are like two different references and uh, Sid Vicious, stuff like that. Like, I, I, love Star, I love Star Wars. So I guess, I don't know, there, that really was pretty much the whole episode. Just a fun, like, It was rollback. very compact, very compact episode. We didn't really stray much further than the planet they were already on. But I don't mind. I really right. don't mind. Give me more... Oh, the other point I didn't make, Wrecker and Omega being amazing siblings. So supportive, so oh, excited, right. so proud. They're like basically the same age, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> I mean, at least mentally. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I do appreciate those two. Oh, the one other thing I did write down too was music. And I had like a thought on the music here. It's good. Uh, mm. I feel like the last few live action series, Andor and... Even I think Obi Wan, I always kept saying that the music felt 
very distant like you could barely hear it you you'd miss it if you weren't looking for it and then we get back to you know the animation with kevin kiner and it's almost i don't want to say john williams-esque but kind of where it's like it's Mm -hmm. the the mix is better the way that they mix all the sounds with the music it's fuller and it feels more energetic like star wars has always felt Mm -hmm. and i know that like in those other series those the music was the way it was for storytelling purposes but it was just kind of a nice touch, mostly noticeable in this episode of, of The Bad Batch, where the music was just, it was mixed well. And, you know, being somewhat of an audio person, it, it really worked for me, this one. I, I was like, yeah, I've, I'm feeling all the sounds, not just like the sounds with a little music in the background. I have to agree with you, I really do. Nice. It felt fuller, it felt more balanced as well. I think the between kind of background and and foley noises and conversation and dialogue and the transitions between orchestral pieces to these kind of drum and bass let's go i'm Mm -hmm. actually really enjoying this hell yeah i was really digging it too as they've taken a step up with the animation they've also taken a step up with sound editing which i think um sometimes star wars animation products can be criticized for not being the best audio quality or the best audio mixing they take the time with the films, but I found sometimes some episodes of Clone Wars can just be a bit a bit grating and a bit much. Okay, I could see that. But no, whatever they're doing with the Bad Batch, whatever formula they've got working is fantastic. Really, really fantastic. Right on. Hmm. I also wrote down, we got to hear what Sid's full name is. Sidderin Scaleback. Scaleback. Appropriate. Yeah, I mean, it That's works, right? She's a... Lizard person. Yeah. Trandoshan. <laughs> yes. Is she a Trandoshan? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm pretty sure she's the shortest Trandoshan I've ever seen, but. She's the shortest and like widest Trandoshan I think yeah. I've ever seen, but. but. Which is kind of fitting because of, you know, the actress that's voicing yes. her is uh, right. Carla from Cheers, so. <laughs> if that's the case, where is Danny DeVito in Star Wars? Uh, I, I, yeah. Do it. Make it happen. I love Danny DeVito. I love, also love Danny DeVito. <laughs> did you ever see the movie Twins with him and Arnold Schwarzenegger? I did, yes. It's a horrible movie. <laughs> it's so funny, though. <laughs> I haven't seen it in years, but when I was younger, I loved it. I, I mm. got a kick out of it. I mean, that's all my Bad Batch notes. Same. I um, I give Very this episode, episode. A, a two thumbs up. I, I really, yeah. I loved it. I had so much fun with this one. Two thumbs and toes up from here. Right. Um, so how many? That's is that was that the fourth episode? Yes. I can't say that I've disliked any of them so far. No, I haven't disliked any of them. That's not been something mm. I've experienced in the slightest. It's been more like gentle optimism going through them each time mm-hmm. and just going kind of, oh, I'm not sure what to expect this time. And this episode was such a pleasant surprise. So good. Like I said, I'm sure some people would probably refer to it as filler, but it was it was fun. It was a fun, you know, sometimes filler episodes are like agonizing to get through. And this this was like so fa- like the name of the bleeping episode <laughs> faster. It was a fast, you know, somewhat intense, just good time. It was also only 25 minutes long, which is one of the shorter episodes we've had so far. Oh, so it was shorter. OK. Mm. So what do you want to do next? Do you want to? talk about the mando trailer or do you want to yeah, talk about the other thing all right all right oh by the way can you see my shirt 
Bro, why do you have the coolest T-shirts? That was the one I was telling you about, the Iron Maiden style Iron Mando. Yeah. Jennifer got me so that. That is so cool. Right? It's the first time I've so worn jealous. it. I had to wear it today because not that anyone sees it, but it's Mando week, kind of. You know? It is. We got to see the trailer and I got to see the Cowboys beat Tom Brady, which is always fun watching Tom Brady get beat. Um, oh, was the game good? Yeah. I mean, it was it was a pretty one-sided ass-kicking for the most part, but nothing against Tom Brady and anybody out there that likes him that's cool. I think he is probably, if not the best, one of the absolute best quarterbacks to ever play the game. So it was fun to watch the Cowboys win. Plus, I'm slowly becoming a Cowboys fan. Oh, my know. goodness. Things you heard happen. it here first, guys. You heard it here first. <laughs> but but enough of all that stupid football stuff. We're nerds, and we want to yeah. talk about Star Wars, the Mandalorian Season 3 trailer. What I, was your first reaction of it? Quite honestly, because I'd forgotten about the teaser trailer and the content of the teaser trailer, it was like watching it for the first time. Mm. So my mind was blown. I was screaming at the television every five seconds because I spotted something or saw something and, oh, my God, look at that. Did you see that? That was really cool. I'm I'm just happy to let – I just – I love it. I'm so unbelievably excited. Yeah. I try to not, like, get super excited anymore for, for many reasons in Star Wars, but I can't. I, with this, I just I, – I don't it's know. It's too cool. Yeah. Um, there was a lot that – there's so much they filled in. I just have it playing on my other screen just so I can kind of mm. look at it again. But uh, they filled they filled it with so much stuff. We got to see a salacious crumb guy, uh, the Kowakian <gasps> lizard. <laughs> what a lovely way of showing how, is it Navarro? Yeah. Yeah, how Navarro's grown since the last season. How in the first season of Mando, they were on spits and in cages like food. Mm-hmm. And now they're free. Like climbing a tree. Right. And thriving, which is where they're supposed to be. And also that one that we saw appeared to be pointing at something. Oh, was it? Like, yeah, he had one arm outstretched and a finger like that way. Because they are, um, they're able to understand us. That's oh, like, yeah. like the one in Jabba's palace, like laughs at jokes. So, <laughs> which is like the best thing ever. <laughs> My dad used to do that laugh when I was a kid, and it just had me rolling on the floor, cracking up. <laughs> That's so sweet. Oh my goodness! And he didn't like Star Wars, but he got a kick out of stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's such a good point you brought up too, because Navarro was like dirty Moss Eisley looking too she's and now upgrade. it's she's been clean she's got new archways <laughs> right you see the statue of um IG yes 11 yeah IG 11 yeah IG 11 standing yeah. on stormtrooper helmets like the badass that he is <laughs> right. I like um, to think that after the events of IG 11's like rescue of Grogu so there are nanny droids in Star Wars like canon nanny droids um, and I like to think that everyone now was like, I want an IG-11 for my very spoiled brat of a child. <laughs> for real. I mean, because he can, he can do all the nanny stuff and he can shoot the heck out of whatever's in his way. Also, not only has, Gre- has um, Navarro stepped itself up, Grief, Kaga, my man is looking fly. Oh, check, right. Check the chain, the robes. Do you know what makes me laugh? That is traditional dress for mares of cities in this country that's how our mayors dress oh really yeah 
that no same kidding. like layered robe with the gold like chain across the chest like a really specific look really interesting that that's what they picked like a kind of a throwback of like old english culture that's really cool mad but he looks so good he's like he, he is actually yeah, he is actually like kind of changed with each season as well so yeah. and i mean we love growth and we, we love carl weathers too just, yes. <laughs> I've always liked that guy. And they even do, I don't know if you know the, the whole handshake of uh, the Predator movie, but Mando and, and uh, Grief Cargo do like the, the handshake. You don't oh, know that really? one? Carl Weathers and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger when they meet in the yes. Predator and they do that like, you know, tough guy handshake. Oh, the meme. The <laughs> meme. Yeah, there you go. They kind of do that. Like, I, I think actually they did that in season two or it was in Book of Boba Fett. You know, those two are kind of yeah confusing. But yeah, I think they do the handshake in one of those as well. So it's always fun to see. But big fan of Carl Weathers, mostly from Predator, the Rocky movies. Yes. And now he's oh. in Star Wars. So um, it's just too good. I'm trying to think of anything that stood out to me. I think we see Coruscant as I'm like kind of like. I've, yeah, I've video. seen a bit of speculation about whether it's Coruscant, whether it's a, a new planet, but I would the architecture and style of the city is very specific, so I would say that confidently it is Coruscant, which makes me wonder why the scientist is there. Is he working with the Republic now? Is he working with the Empire? Is he on a mission? Is he undercover? What is the deal? Um, I'm desperate for details and I have none. Let me see if I can show you this shot really quick because it reminds me of Bail Organa in Revenge of the Sith, which makes me think it's definitely Coruscant. But I mean, I, I, could, I could be that. wrong. You see him like in the speeder. Mm -hmm. So it almost even looks like Bail Organa sitting in there, even though it's, it's say, not. Yeah, it's the, the doctor. The color of the but, uniform. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that that's Coruscant. I that's know, I know my Jedi Temple city. <laughs> right. Ooh, I didn't even think to look for that. They probably wouldn't show that in there. But they also do show, I think shortly after this stuff, they show that flashback to the Jedi. So They do, yeah. We get another little cheeky Order 66. It's a baby. He's <laughs> right. a baby. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they stuffed a ton of stuff in here. There was uh, the Carson Tiva guy. The, yes. Probably one of the Republic Ranger guys talking to somebody. They make it look like he's talking to Mando, but I don't think he is. Uh, no. Oh, yeah. Those two shots. I had some notes about this. It is Ooh, uh, nice. Carson Teber is the character's name. He, for people who may not remember, he's the one who pulls Mando over mm -hmm. with his new little Razor Quest. <laughs> his new little ship and goes, you're speeding, sir. <laughs> you're speeding. Go back on the planet. Um played by Paul Sung Paul Sung Yen Lee. He's a huge Star Wars fan, apparently, absolutely deeply passionate about Star Wars, and he's worked his way up through the Mando seasons to now have speaking lines in the trailers, which is Oh yeah. More hugely growth. impressive. Did you clock the patch on his jacket? Did you recognize it? No, I need to all backtrack and look. Uh go ahead and tell me though. It's a rancor. Is it really? Yeah, which makes me wonder if it's a Boba Fett thing, if he's still ruling and wheeling and dealing, and now he tamed the Rancor, so do they work for him now? Is that... Huh. Like, Boba Fett working for them? No, them working for Boba Fett. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, shoot, I don't know. I guess anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, at this point... Do you think we'll see Boba Fett in this uh, season? Um, yeah... I think so. 
Yeah. I would actually be really surprised if we didn't, because I think he's part of this whole Mandalore situation. I mean, he's not technically a Mandalorian, but at the same time, his father was a foundling, we found out. So Mm -hmm. in a way, he is a Mandalorian. I was also asked about, do you know anything about the Mask of Mandalore at all? Like the ancient? Nope. Okay. Beardy McBeardyson asked um, if I had thought that this helmet that they dug up, I should have just left the screen on here so you could look at Mm -hmm. the stuff while I'm talking about it. No, I had a note about the helmet as well, so I'm interested to see what... He was asking if if I thought that that was the Mask of Mandalore, but looking closely to it, I think it's just there's like dirt and dust and stuff on it. It's probably from the wreckage of, you know, the what did they call it? The Night of a Thousand Tears. Yes. Because the Mask of Mandalore, if I don't even think it's actually canon, but if it were to be, it should be more of an ancient looking helmet. Actually, Oh, man, I don't know where I put that action figure. I have the action figure of Mandalore. Oh. And it's like, it's very similar to that helmet, but it's more of like an actual mask than a full head helmet. What what were your thoughts on the helmet? The mask of Mandalore is also like Revan storyline. So mm-hmm. probably not super connected right now. Um, I wondered if it was like the helmet of Tarvisla. Oh, right. Because it, it bears some similarities to Paz and Pre helmets. But again, it is also, it's bleached and burned. And I'm pretty sure there's only like one thing that can burn Beskar. The thing that Sabine makes. Yes. The weapon, yeah. So. Yes. Oh, I wasn't even thinking of Tar Vizsla, though. I wonder if, wonder if that helmet is somewhere on Mandalore. I think it's, I think it's in the caves the mines and stuff to go and find because I think I'm assuming from what I can piece together with the plot he goes in the rain with Grogu to see Bo-Katan who's on a little throne having a little queen moment mm-hmm. whilst also using that to go down underneath to find the waters of Mandalore to purge himself of his sins very Catholic yeah yeah very <laughs> I think the trailer's given us an idea of what the series is going to cover in terms of like plot threads but i also think there's so much more this is a really interesting one yeah the only time we've seen something like that with a door is like in episode one where qui-gon cuts through like the trade federation ship doors but you can see the lightsaber on the other side of the door you can't hear so is this just clone troopers trying to get in is this barris offy because i know that theory was pinged around a lot because like her symbols on the walls and people enhanced and exposed and contrasted (laughs) Right, yeah, I remember the rumors of or, uh, people trying to say that maybe Barisafi was the one that rescued Grogu. Yeah, um, because she's also already been live action, so it wouldn't be much of an issue to reintroduce her. The timeline fits. I wonder, I don't know, because when I first saw this clip, I'm like, oh, are we going to see Anakin as Vader come through those yeah, doors? That's, yeah, immediately, what if we get a Vader cameo, like, off the bat, if right. Grogu has seen Vader. Mm. See, that would be really cool. But if Grogu yes. has seen Vader, wouldn't Vader have killed Grogu? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would have just force choked the little green baby. Yeah, I, I feel like he would definitely make that his prime target at that point. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting shot, though. It's interesting that we're seeing. Well, but we did see it in the Book of Boba Fett, too, the, the Jedi fighting, you know, in the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So this is obviously from, I'm assuming, Grogu's point of view. They're all standing in front of him. It's also all fuzzy and hazy around the edges, like his force visions with Luke. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that would be totally wild if we see uh, Barriss Offie in any live action, because we never saw her get killed. So she's got to be out there somewhere. 
Um, I thought it was really interesting that the trailer's kind of narrated by Mando talking about what it means to be a Mandalorian. But I think it's quite interesting to consider that maybe he's talking to Grogu. Really? Because they're, yeah, they're a clan of two now. And I wonder if it's him. Like teaching him. Yeah, teaching him the way and how Mando's personal feelings about being a Mandalorian have changed since meeting Grogu and going through all of this. It's a a very self-insight filled speech from Mando. It was very interesting to hear. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even I because they kept showing all those other Mandalorians. I assumed he was talking to them, but but no, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. He's probably teaching Grogu the way. Mm-hmm. See the droid bar. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've got so much to say about this live action Roger Roger droids for the first time, like oh. actual physically built Roger Roger droids. I just now noticed after I paused the screen that they're sitting and they're hanging out. Mm-hmm. which is also deeply traumatic because as much as Mando's recovered from his issues with droids his parents were in fact killed by battle droids B1 not B2 Ooh. but still um, the shiniest looking R2 blue and white unit like astromech unit I've ever seen uh, Right. here is an alternate look into what R2-D2 would have looked like had he been taken care of yeah that's a good point <laughs> you know polished and careful and a really lovely riff on episode one hey you get out of here we don't want your kind in here it's so kind of full circle yeah they made their own bar they're like we don't want humans in here they did make their own bar that's it that shot will never fail to be amazing there he is boss Paz, himself Paz Vizsla yeah yeah yeah, and look, look if you look over here this is where the IG-11 mm-hmm. statue was who destroyed it I wonder why they'd be back on navarro like the the mandalorians so there's that shot of um grief cargo talking to what i can assume are pirates slash mercenaries trying to take navarro and i wonder if paz Vizsla, is that paz Vizsla or pre Vizsla? paz Vizsla, yeah. paz Vizsla. i get them mixed up i'm so sorry um <laughs> if that's if paz Vizsla is with mando now because they sort of dealt with their issues and then they didn't deal with their issues and then they fought each other. So maybe they've gotten over it. And I don't hmm. know, It's re- they're showing us so much yet telling us so little at the same time. Maybe some more infighting and stuff. Ooh, there's a dead yeah. Mando down there too. So they're Ooh. fighting. I wonder who they're fighting. Maybe they, they wouldn't be fighting the Empire, would they? This is the first time I've actually like paused anything in this trailer. <laughs> so like now... I'm... Oh no, that helps. Hang on a second. There's... So the Mandalorians jump down and then, yeah, they're killing what appear to be like the Ravagers, Pillagers. One of them gets straight. If you keep playing the next, yeah, oh. that's one of the ones. Briefed. And then bah, 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 apparently this is the shot that got the biggest cheer at D23 and Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> Do you recognize who that is? <laughs> it's freaking the Babu Freaks, man. Why is he not talking? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh. My sweet boy, I have done some severe scouring of the internet, and I can about ninety percent confirm that that is Babu Frick. Really? Um, he is an Anzellan. That's the yeah. name of her species. The only other Anzellan that's been introduced in Star Wars canon by name is one called Shug Drabor, who is the architect of the Halcyon Star Cruiser. Oh, no kidding. Um, we also don't know how old their species live to, so it could be Babu Frick, it could be Mr. Mr. Shug Dravor, who's from the High Republic era. 
The reason they work in tech and like building and repair is they have floating corneal lenses in their eyes, hmm. which means their eyes basically act as microscopes so they can zoom in really close on things. That's so cool. And even crazier, Babu is actually speaking basic, but he has such a thick Anzellian accent that it's considered its own dialect. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's like if you come to Somerset in the West Country in the UK and listen to people speak, it, it is English, but not an English that you'll recognise. <laughs> mm. that's, yeah. so, that's so cool. I knew, like, none of that. I And the only reason, as you can see on my screen I'm sharing, that I knew that they were called Anzalins was because it's in the <laughs> subtitles. Like, I had no idea. I'm like, those are just the Babu Fricks. There's just so much that happens in this. Wait, I have more Babu Frick facts. Talk amongst yourselves. Of course, the end of the trailer is uh, little Grogu force pushing someone out of his way. And he just, if you like, look up just one sec, check out his ears down <gasps> and his eyes. and just like <laughs> He is looking more like Yoda. Yeah, Each right? time we see him. Also, he doesn't need his daddy anymore. He's He can handle himself. He's a big boy. How cool is that, though? He just, like, force pushes that dude out of the way, mm -hmm. and he's just like, it's like, I got this. I also <laughs> really appreciate the amount of shots we got of, like, Mando being a dad. Lots of, like, cuddles and affection and, like, closeness, and that just makes me extremely happy. <laughs> well, of course. It's good stuff. He's such a good dad. <laughs> um... Pele shouting, may the force be with you. We've got to have one. There's always got to be one. Oh, right. Yeah, she even made it into the trailer. <laughs> she did. I hope she has some more lovers and suitors this season. Let's go. No, oh, actually, nice. I hope she's still with um, the mayor. The, the mayor's aide from Book right. of Boba Fett. They seemed really happy. <laughs> that they did. Um, what was the other Babu Freak thing you had? Um, I actually can't find it. I don't know if it's in the extended edition or this visual dish edition that I've got. Oh, I will okay. get the facts and make come back to you with it. <laughs> okay, cool. So, yeah, I'm I'm really I'm, I can't wait for it. Uh, oh, I'm all set. There was more stuff on my note list notes. I'm so sorry. Um, oh yeah, R5 yeah. Go ahead. D4 getting his whole little own storyline. Is that the one from? Uh... A New Hope, yeah. The right. His motivator and Luke picks R2D2 instead. Oh, and now he's in uh, Mando's new ship, isn't he? Yeah. That, that's the same guy? The same yes. droid? He ended up with Pelimoto. And there is actually a really lovely um, extended universe comic called uh, Skippy the Jedi Droid, where R5-D4 is actually a Force-sensitive droid. And he knows about Luke Skywalker. He knows about Darth Vader. He has Force visions. He knows about Yoda. Um, ben Kenobi senses his presence. And in fact... R4 decides to blow his motivator deliberately so that Luke will pick R2 and fulfill the visions that he has. That's pretty uh, deep. Yeah. <laughs> a Force-sensitive droid, huh? Yes, apparently yeah, I mean, so. It... I don't know if that's quite where they'll go with this. If anyone who's interested, it's Star Wars Tales Number 1 by Peter David. And it was Skippy the... Skippy, it? the... Skippy the Jedi droid. A very, very sweet little comic. It's only a few pages. That's amazing. Um, we had some hardcore, like, colourful female Mandalorians with mm. the high, like, angular slits in their masks. Yeah. I've seen a few people suggesting maybe Sabine is one of them. Hmm. Like, adult Sabine. All of that colour, all of that brightness. There seemed to be quite a lot more Mandalorians in that group than they were actually showing us in the sort of wide shots. There were maybe nine or ten figures in the close-up shots. You'd only see about three at a time. 
You know what's interesting about that is like at least back in like uh you know the video games and then in Clone Wars and even in Rebels you see these different um clans of mandos and they all wear like the matching colors like the death watch was all blue um mm-hmm. you know there was the the mall ones that wore the red yeah and in this yeah you you're saying like they're different like they're all different and bright colors and different colors mm-hmm. and all of that mm-hmm. so maybe I, I was just say maybe they're like uh because all their clans and families have been so like yes destroyed from all these wars that this is just what's left and they're trying to group up true i also wonder if it's a a, if din is actually finding there are more mandalorians rejecting the way Mm. and what he's found is a group of kind of almost rebel mandalorians the same way that bo katan has the whole well i take my helmet off and i don't care right mando's obviously still struggling to find his own place so maybe this is the opportunity for it I hope they dig more into all of that because that was such a new thing to me with with what I've known of of the Mandalorians where they can't take their helmets off. I'm just like, this is different. I mean, they did sort of explain a little bit of it. It was either in season two or the Book of Boba Fett. I can't again remember, but I hope they dig more into why, like, why all of a sudden, oh, we can't take our helmets off, but we could before. Even, you know, because like you look at the armor and she's got like the horns on her helmet. So she's yeah. probably from Darth Maul's like Mandalorian crew from the Clone yeah, Wars. Yeah, I know that's been theorized quite a lot. I love yeah. that. But like, I think they took their helmets off unless that was something that Maul made them. No, because uh, Gar Saxon and I think Rook was the girl's name. They had their helmets off in a bunch of scenes. So just, yeah, just kind of curious as to where this comes from. Hmm. Yeah, hopefully we'll get some explanation. But I do like the uh, the the different, like the variety of yes Mandalorians, and like you said, the female, like the angular helmet ones, are always really cool to see. Do you think we'll see Sabine? Honestly, at this point, I feel like they could throw anyone in there. I know, <laughs> it's like... especially with all of the upcoming shows. Like, there's more Andor, there's Ahsoka. There's so much happening, which does tie. And like, we know Sabine is going to be in Ahsoka. We know Hera and Ezra are going to be in Ahsoka. That's set. That's confirmed. Mm. So it would make sense that they introduce a few of these characters a little earlier on. If the timeline fits, which it appears to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You really can't rule anything out at this point. No. (laughs) I did. I already closed out the the trailer, but uh, Carson Tiva says something about he, whoever he's talking to in that scene, whether it's actually Mando or somebody else, mm. uh, by the time you decide to join up, it's going to be too late. And I'm just really wondering what, what that, do? yeah, what's going on there? Is that like a a hint of Thrawn showing up, hopefully? Or you're you know. desperate, aren't you? I can feel uh, it. <laughs> I need, I need more Thrawn. <laughs> Johnny wants what he wants, and he wants Thrawn. No. <laughs> Just from all the rumors I keep hearing about, you know, they're going to try and make their own spin of Heir to the Empire. And I'm like, just do it. I think it'll be done with love. So just do it. Yes. Make it happen. Make Thrawn the, the main villain for a while. And Mando feels like it's been made with so much love. Oh, like, yeah. Genuinely. I, I don't quite, I still haven't quite managed to differentiate what sets it apart from other Star Wars products. I don't know if it's because it was the first TV live action, if mm. it's Grogu and we all like to attach to a small, innocent 
like child creature we all have that kind of nurturing i don't know what it is but it's done more for the revival of star wars than i think anyone could have anticipated and the hype for season three has been immense Mm -hmm. and super smart to release the trailer in the middle of a football game because everyone's really excited about the footballs and now they'll be really excited (laughs) about star wars easily transferable (laughs) yeah i think they've done that in the past i feel like i think the first solo trailer was uh was during the super bowl or something i think so nice yeah, so it's always cool to to mix those up and you know, it gets the casual fans maybe you know, get their interest peaked and mm-hmm. of course it gets all of us ready cuz we're all like whether you watch football <laughs> or not, you're like, "Oh, I got to see this trailer," you know. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to hear about the trailer after everyone else has seen it. I want to see it too. <laughs> so because I, in the UK, completely forgot that time zones exist. I messaged Johnny at about <laughs> half past six in the evening for me and was like, is the trader out yet? And you messaged me back and was like, Charlie, it's like half 12 in the afternoon. No. <laughs> <laughs> the game, no one's even on the pitch yet. No one's sat in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did did you end up seeing it that night or were you sleeping by no, the time it came I, out? I was tired and went to bed and then I woke up and in waking up forgot that it had been released. Mm. So I spent like half the day forgetting it was a thing. That's funny. I was watching the game, waiting for the trailer and I was going to keep watching the game anyways. But I started building my Darth Vader Lego helmet that I got for Christmas. I haven't finished it yet, but it's halfway there. So it was like That's a Star Wars cute. football night. I'm all ready for it. And it's not super far away. It's like a little over a month away, right? First of March? Yeah. Tell you what else is creeping up. Star Wars Celebration. Oh, God. And they still haven't announced anything for that, have they? No. That's kind of weird, right? I don't know if there are going to be any guest announcements. I don't know. Really? I don't know. (laughs) I need to sort my hotel, so... (laughs) Nice. (laughs) You'd have to think there's going to be people there, though, like guests and celebrities, I would assume. I mean, I'd like to think so, as much as I would love to just go and see, like, all of my cosplay friends in all of the Star Wars costumes ever. I'd also like to, you know, just maybe even just see Daisy Ridley from across the room. That would be Mm. enough. Right. That was all I needed to see if Tom Middleston and I was happy, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you got to think. We're what the end of January. They got to start making some announcements soon. I would, I would say at least the end of February at the latest for them to start announcing things. I was meant to apply for the cosplay competition, but I forgot. Ah, uh, is it too late? Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it was one of those. It was that it the, it closed. It opened just after Christmas and closed sort of about three weeks after Christmas. So I still hadn't recovered from Christmas to even be able to do anything. Right. That's very unfair. Very sneaky. And when is that again? It's April. I know it's April, but it's like the seventh to the ninth of April. Also, oh, it's like and early April. I have tickets for the Saturday, so we're hoping to go on the Friday, just so we can be settled, and then on Saturday attend, and then on the Sunday maybe go and hang out socially for a bit, and then go home. I, I mean, I imagine regardless of what is there, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm more just excited to see like all of my rays. And go and find, that's what I like to do at Comic-Cons. I like to go and find other people dressed as Ray and be like, hello! <laughs> Very overexcited. Uh, you say we had some questions from our friend who, our traitor friend, who... 
Traitor! Traitor! <laughs> that we did. Jabba the butt. I'm just going to read the email. I just opened it up. Can you say his username again, please? Because it's funny when you say it. Jabba the butt. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I just realized he doesn't use our real names. That's funny. Hey, no, no, I thought that was really cute. Fives and Ray. <laughs> stop. Stop it. <laughs> Hey, Fives and Ray, it's been a minute. Where's Commander Quattro's? Probably lost somewhere on Umbra. I think he means Umbara with General Krell. Uh, <laughs> and he says, seriously, is Star Wars better suited for animation or live action? And what if the originals were cartoons instead of live action films? Thanks, JDB. Well, hello there, Jabba the Butt. Hello, good friend. Thank you so much for your question. Do you want to go first or go on then? So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. So I would actually have to say in terms of um like animated versus live action, I think they're basically one in the same at this point. Hmm. Like, like the live action is so CG heavy because that's what the modernized Star Wars universe requires, the volume and all of these kind of extra tips and tricks we've picked up and developed over the years. And the same applies to the animation animation now in star wars is pushing boundaries of design and vfx comparable to the strides that the original trilogy made back in the 70s and even the strides that the prequels made in terms of cg and animation in like the turn of the millennium when we'd only just started experimenting with true cgi and blue screen and george went we'll do the whole thing on blue screen let's go <laughs> so yeah i think as yeah from that perspective, I really do think they are so close to each other now. Huh. That's funny, because I'm totally, like, not there. Oh! <laughs> we find this this disagreeing trend today. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, I do no, think I, Star Wars is better suited for live action in that sense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think it always for me it always has to be live action i didn't yes. really i didn't really take that into consideration though for what you were saying as far as yeah there's so much cgi and all of that at this point that it is it is very similar but i think like one of the things i i just like wrote a note um it's like live action is uh i can't find my note now live action <laughs> <laughs> i had a couple of notes on my phone and i can't find the one i wanted to find Animation's always really going to just be cartoon, no matter what. Like yes. even even if you know CGI and all of that stuff gets so close to realism, you're still not going to see natural human motion or emotion or reactions and all of that to where you know live action also makes you feel like a part of it with cartoon you know well with animation i hate calling it a cartoon because there is i think a difference there's like saturday morning cartoon and then yeah. there's animation but like you're just you're watching something that's not even remotely real it's all you know on a computer at this point drawn in where live action you can kind of feel like you're being absorbed into yeah. what they're doing and uh so i mean in that aspect yeah i think that it has to be for me at least like live action all the way the only way that i would maybe change my mind but still wouldn't <laughs> would be <laughs> if if you had 100 percent dave filoni running the animation yeah 
producing, writing, directing, maybe even bringing George Lucas in as like a consultant yes. and John Favreau being a part of it. Like those types of people that really seem to grasp what Star Wars is. I could maybe yeah. be okay, but I'd still want live action. But yeah, to kind of tackle the second part of his question about what if the originals were cartoons, I think a really, really good comparison for this is. So in 1977 and 1978, two animated fantasy films slash TV specials were released for The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. The Hobbit was made by Rankin Bass, which is a television studio, and The Lord of the Rings 1978 animation film was made by Ralph Bakshi. Um, they were really, really popular in the States, much more so. They never reached kind of anywhere further than the United States. And e even then, the fan base for them was still relatively small and not what you would consider mainstream. They're mm. beautiful. And they are an incredibly faithful recreation of Tolkien's source material. But unfortunately, the mainstream public still tend to view cartoons as for children, which meant something that is actually so beautiful and so wonderfully representative of a, an incredible series of books did not gain the popularity it maybe deserved. However, when Peter Jackson created the like live action Lord of the Rings trilogy from 2001 to 2003, it set the world on fire I was one of the people it set on fire. I claimed damages. Oh, yeah. And it became huge instantly, despite the heavy criticism of its severe deviation from the source material, which I subscribe to because I think Peter Jackson made a few mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think this theory applies to Star Wars. As beautiful as the Lord of the Rings animations are, they lacked the ability to connect to a wider audience. Star Wars, Star Wars success, I think, was in part down to George's push to capture the magic of Star Wars in a way that was more universal, i.e. live action. So you could connect with the princess, the scoundrel, the naive like little boy, the old man who was like your granddad. It became essential to communicate those things only through live action. And yeah, not many people know about the animated Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, but I can guarantee you everybody, even if they haven't watched them, has an opinion about Peter Jackson's trilogy. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's either I hate them, why would you watch that? And then you go, have you seen the animated Hobbit from like 1977 with the Gandalf that goes, <laughs> no, no, I haven't. I think it's it's funny that, that you said that too, because there are so many people I've communicated with over the years that have never watched the Lord of the Rings movies, but they do have an opinion on them. And I'm like, yes. go watch the bleeping movies and just watch then them. talk They're amazing. to me. You're missing out. Shut yeah, up. Right. But what you just said, though, mainstream. like, yeah, I think we're pretty much in full agreement on, on all of that, because I, I feel like you were you. You had a great comparison with the Lord of the Rings stuff. I didn't even. I wouldn't have come up with that one. My big, my first thought when I read the question was big flop. I think that yeah, it would not have been received. Like you listen to um, the secret history of Star Wars book if you ever get a chance. I know Lito and I have brought that up a couple of times. George Lucas's friends, like friends, colleagues, made fun of him with a lot of his ideas for Star mm -hmm. Wars. Imagine if he was like, "Oh yeah, it's going to be a cartoon." It, it would have been ripped on. It would have been a big joke. It never probably would have been made. And and nobody would have received that well. I think what they're doing today, where you have live action and then you have things like Rebels, Clone Wars, uh, The Bad Batch, even, you know, the one you dislike. Uh, the Wow, why can't I think of what it's called? Visions. <laughs> um, you know, but you have like a nice blend of some animation 
a lot of live action and it works really well. But yeah, if it if Star Wars came out a new hope, you know, check out this cartoon. Star Wars wouldn't be what it is right now. No, it never would have made it to the Empire Strikes Back. I feel like a lot of people would agree with that. Kids probably would have liked it, maybe. Oh, yeah. Kids would have loved it. Yeah. So, I mean, look at what happened when he released the Clone Wars movie, the Clone Wars episodes, the first four episodes as a movie in the theaters, because that's what it needed to be. Did yeah. it, George? <laughs> Did it really? <laughs> and I was one of three people in the theater watching it. Yeah. Know? So, so, I mean, yeah, seriously, Charlie, that's a great, the, bringing that up is a great reference because Thank you. That, that was an established Star Wars already. And mm-hmm. that was not received well, so... No, I mean, the, Tolkien wasn't unknown cause, at all when the, the animated films were made, but people were very passionate about the books, and unfortunately, such a beautiful representation of the books only reached a very, very small audience because not many people find it comfortable to watch animation or enjoy watching animation. Right. Even though animation in itself is like an, a really old art form that goes like zoetropes and like if it wasn't for animation, we wouldn't know how horses ran. But people forget and think, oh, it's just for kids, which means it gets dismissed. And I think Star Wars would have suffered that same dismissal had George gone, we're going to do it as a cartoon. We're going to do the original trilogy as a cartoon. And it would have looked exactly like that cartoon short from the holiday special, which is hideous. Right. So... Yeah, it would have been it would have been a disaster. Um, yeah, I'm not but, trying to be horrible. <laughs> no, no, no. Good lord. <laughs> and I mean, you know, there was that chance that Star Wars: A New Hope, what they eventually named it, but Star Wars when it came out, that had potential to be a disaster and a big flop, and it yeah. just it happened at like the perfect time. And, uh, you know, you've mentioned the references to, like, Vietnam and all of that going on. It was Um, the perfect catalyst for post-war America. So, yeah, I mean, either way, the live action or the animation had a chance of blowing up. Yeah. But but animation, I don't think would have had. I don't think it ever would have been made. I think it would have been laughed out of everywhere. Was escapism and the highest form of escapism for countries and nations torn apart and disrupted by war. Whether that was the Cold War, the Vietnam War, World War Two, didn't matter. Those ripples and those effects were still happening. And George went, I'm going to talk about this, but through a lens of space. Mm-hmm. And you're going to love it. Trust me. <laughs> and everyone went, mm, I don't think right. so. We're going to do a limited release, two theatres. No one's going to be that interested. Cues around the block, sold out three times a day. <laughs> Hell, he didn't have much faith in it. He was in no, he Hawaii, I think, right? He was. So, yeah, I mean. But... He was on holiday with Steven Spielberg. That's where he was. Because <laughs> so they were think... both like, oh, we've released a film. We're just going to go chill out. It's not going to be that great. <laughs> yeah, it definitely wouldn't have. We wouldn't be doing a Star Wars podcast. Uh, no. We'd probably be doing. Who knows what we would be doing? Because, I mean, all the things that were influenced from Star yeah. Wars. I don't think um, I'd be podcasting. I don't think I'd be into the sci-fi that I'm into and like the yeah. nerd culture. Star Wars is responsible for a lot in my life, not in a really negative way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm suing George Lucas for damages, emotional damages. Nice. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not even really remotely a Star Trek fan, so that probably wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be like a Trekkie. What's the face? You love Star Trek. Of course I love Star Trek. 
How can you not love Star Trek? Ah, uh, I don't know. It just didn't it didn't speak to me in any way, like any of it really. I have been told to watch what was it Deep Space Nine? I've tried to watch it a couple times. Nice. <laughs> It's my new mouse mat for my computer. I got it for Christmas and it's the Star Trek like Hollywood desk and I'm so excited. Deep Space Nine, you'd really enjoy. Deep Space Nine is really good. Yeah, that's what I keep being told, but I, I haven't really I haven't really had a chance to to really sit down and be serious about it. Star Trek Enterprise is also good as well. Next generation's a bit dated now. Um mm. Voyager's fine, I guess. I like Voyager, but Enterprise think- and Deep Space Nine are good. I think Jennifer really liked the Voyager one. She's she's really into the Star Trek stuff, so excellent. <laughs> well, Jabba the Butt, I think that's those are really good questions. Mm, I, thank I, you so much, my guy. Really appreciate it. Things I never really, you know, thought about. So Exactly. It got me thinking. That's how I ended up with such an intense answer. <laughs> that was good. I, I'm I'm glad I'm glad he sent it. I'm glad we talked about it. I don't know. It's fun doing some of these different types of uh, discussions about Star Wars like we I think we've been doing the last couple of weeks. Just, you know, we're not breaking down. I mean, we talk about the Bad Batch, but we're not breaking down, you know, an episode no. of anything. We're just kind of um, stepping aside and doing some different stuff. I enjoy that we can constructively critique Star Wars in a way that doesn't annoy the other person. Yeah. Like, I know we could probably, we could try and have these conversations with a lot of fans and it would probably just turn into like fighting with each other. Like I have, I have lost my temper at people about star Wars, which is really silly because it's not real. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing right there is it is not real. <laughs> it's not calm down. It's, not, it's wonderful, but it's not real. <laughs> they say it's sat here surrounded by. <laughs> right. And I've got like 8,000 action figures real. around me. Oh, did I show you? And I know we're kind of. I love our little show and tell. <laughs> I got these. Uh, since we were talking about the Mandalorian, I got some dark troopers. <gasps> that yeah. is a sleigh. Oh my goodness! It's such a cool design. Right? I it, wish like, she was it like a little me taller. Like my belly but... Oh really? Like, scary. <laughs> They're scary. They're so cool, and I wish. I don't know if the light is showing it, but like their eyes, their eyes actually light up red. There's like a little like square in the back <gasps> that makes their LED eyes light up. at the back and then they glow. Yeah. So these are like, Sick. I know I bought, they were expensive too. Oh my God. These are Sorry. the, the vintage collection ones. So they're like the shorter ones, you know, cause mm. that's what all of my collection is. When they were announced for pre-order, they were $26 a piece, I think. And I pre-ordered them. Like- they're like yeah. 3.75 inches. They're not. That's the Hasbro greed. Um, <laughs> but but like a week or two or a month or two or something after I pre-ordered them. I can't get this guy back on his stand now. Uh, <laughs> the pre-order dropped to like, I think, eighteen ninety nine. Oh, no. And I'm like, I'm like, well, that's a little more. No, like with Amazon, they like actually lower the price for you when you do that. Like if you pre-order and the price drops, you get oh, that, nice. that price drop. So yeah. So I was like, oh, well, now I, now I don't feel so terrible that I ordered eight of them. <laughs> well, Funko have released another set of Valentine Star Wars pops, which include Kylo and Rey. And I oh, need nice. them. But I ordered the Valentine's ones last year to get my lovely girlfriend a little Darth Vader with a little chocolate box. It didn't arrive until about September. 
Oh my god, really? So I don't trust any of that unless I see it in store, like physically in person, then I will buy it. If not, you're not having my, any more of my money, Funko. So starved for Ray and Kylo Ren merch. All I want. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford a hot toys yet. I'll get there one day. Oh god, those are so expensive. But they're really cool though. Don't I have a list of the ones that I want? <laughs> <laughs> one thing I do want, and then we'll wrap up. A Ben Solo action figure. See, yes, exactly, yes. There's so Something. many. There's like masked Ren and unmasked Kylo Ren. Give me Ben Solo in his little jumper. Yeah, how have they not done that? Lightsaber, and then you can pose him like this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna cut out of here, Charlie. One thing I did not mention to you yet that I forgot. Uh, next week I'm not going to be able to record so okay that's not a problem at all but we'll be back the week I after miss that you. I know I know it'll be rough but it's going to be horrible I'm going to be so alone <laughs> <laughs> so we will see everybody in two weeks uh, we will. and as always thanks for listening thanks for the questions thanks for chiming in on your picks for the Star Wars you know what you would make a Star Wars movie or show um, mm-hmm. it's always fun when everybody participates and uh, Charlie tell everyone where to find you me you can come and pester me as always on my Instagram at running back to Jakku thank you very much especially while I'm getting into the hype for Star Wars celebration and getting my costumes prepped and yeah it's gonna be good alright so we will catch everybody we will. in two weeks may the Schwartz be with you may the Schwartz be with you Goodbye. Do it. Admiral Yet.